0: Welcome to the Chris Cuomo Project. Thank you so much. As you see, free agency still in effect. Subscribe, follow. The more of this you buy, the more money we'll have to give away. Bob Costas, so nice, we're doing him twice. He has learned so much about who we are and who we're not, and not just through watching baseball, which is often a metaphor. Sport is often a metaphor. But what he's seen in world dynamics and political dynamics, he's been in the business and at the top for so long. He's wise. Uh, and he's also curious. So what do you say? A second serve of Bob Collins. Support for the Chris Cuomo project comes from AG1. Man, oh man, if you are a listener, you know how I feel about Athletic Greens, okay? ag One has been a go-to for me for years. Why? It's easier, it's price effective, and it's better. Instead of all the different bottles and how many pills and at what time and in what combinations, they did all the research so I could have complete confidence in my routine. One and done, man. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs. Gut optimization, stress management, immune support. So for me, I really combined all of these different needs into one one, which became AG1, right? Every scoop, probiotics, the digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium, which is big for me, B vitamins, energy support adaptogens. They're all in there in the right levels, the right combinations to help support immune health. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs every day. And that's why they've been a partner for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. If you try AG1, you're going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2, and you're going to get five free AG1 travel packs. And that's just with the first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com ccp drinkag1.com slash ccp. Check it out. Support for the Chris Cuomo project comes from Done With Debt. Let me tell you, we're all dealing with it, especially in American culture, right? Because we're so credit sensitive. We have so much available credit. People take advantage of it. Often it takes advantage of them. High interest credit cards are real. Loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. Inflation keeps just... Taking away what you can pay keeps you stuck in almost a paycheck-to-paycheck existence. Done With Debt can be a lifeline. Done With Debt has this ingenious new system that gives you a way to deal with debt faster and easier than you probably thought possible. See, Done With Debt analyzes all the debt options that you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills, cut interest rates, they have a skilled staff of negotiators that know how to get debt out of your life, ready? Permanently. Done With Debt has a bunch of experts. They've been doing this and they know the best strategies to reduce and remove debt from your life. But you gotta hurry, because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Here's how easy they'll make it. If you go to donewithdebt.com, that's done with debt.com, right? donewithdebt.com, right? D-O-N-E-W-I-T-H-D-E-B-T dot com. You can find the answers to your debt problems.
1: When I left NBC, um, under circumstances that people misunderstood, it had just reached a point of diminishing returns. We both recognized it, and we settled what remained of my contract. Uh, I wasn't fired. Uh, I didn't quit. And in fact, there was a clause in the settlement that said that if they ever reacquired baseball, I'd come back and do the World Series. So if you're getting rid of somebody, that's a very strange clause <laughs> to, put it, to put in. Um, but part of it, part of the discomfort was my speaking out about certain issues that pertain to properties they held, the Olympics and especially uh, football. So what bothers me now a little bit, I can't do anything about it, is when people say, oh, Now that he's not at NBC, he found his voice. Well, I'm not saying I was at the Howard Cosell level, but part of that was because Rune Arledge not only allowed, but encouraged Cosell to be Cosell. He didn't care if half the audience hated him and half loved him, and Cosell was a unique character. He was great, and he was a cartoon character at at the same time, but anybody who was truthful at NBC Sports would have said that to the extent That there was journalism and commentary in their major properties over the last 30 years it was because i put it there i was often the only one pulling on the end of that rope now does that make me edward r murrow the real heroes are people that are in kiev now and or or the people doing real investigative work but considering what my job was i was trying to put some journalism into it and trying to recognize the elephants in the room and so when people said uh, oh, you know, he did a commentary on HBO, his first show, about the IOC. The only difference was I could take six minutes to do it on HBO. No one's going to give you six minutes in prime time on NBC. But my criticism of the IOC being in bed with authoritarian regimes dates to 1996 when I started talking about China and when they were so were so pissed off that they demanded I either be fired... This, this is the, the, uh, the, the Chinese rule, the, uh, the uh, Communist Party in, in China. I'd be fired or that I deliver a sincere public apology in prime time. Now, if I wasn't saying anything, why were they so ticked off? Exactly. You know, if, if, I, if I, I couldn't go on every Sunday night football game and start talking about CTE or franchise relocations or whatever it might be, but I slipped it in there when I could.
0: Yeah, look, I also think that so much, I mean, look, it's, it, all pain is personal, so you're much more aware of this than most of the people that's who correct. are watching and listening. Uh, and I will tell you as an observer at the time and of someone who is very entrenched in the business, uh, there's never been any meaningful uh, criticism of what you've done and that's good, You know, be careful because now we're in a crucible Where, who knows, where you could do something that is fine and they'll decide to try to kill you. But one of the... There are two reasons that it is fair to say that the media is set up left. And one of them's good, one of them's bad. The good one is that the media was set up in this country uh, to be a voice for the voiceless and to take on the powerful. Discomfort the comfortable. Now, I... You are right, that is the adage that you comfort the afflicted and you afflict the comfortable. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Because no, it's not that you're rich, I'm coming after you. You're powerful, I'm coming after you. But that has happened. And it's cultural. The good reason is it's set up to help those who cannot help themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's good. The bad is a culture where they think that the group think is righteous and it doesn't make them lie. It's about influence and it's about degree. Uh, And the remedy was never to have an outpost from the right, because this is all the left. It's not that they're the left. They'll attack the left as far as fast as they'll do anything else. But there is a culture. And one of the reasons I'm excited to do the News Nation thing is there's, you know, I don't mean to say there's no culture, but it is new. And... Mm -hmm. Um, so there is no entrenched culture that I feel is going to be a problem for me. So we're creating culture. And I think that there's a value in that. And it's very appealing, um, to me. I hope I'm not being
1: impertinent by asking you this question. Only because I don't
0: know what that means. (laughs)
1: Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, I'm sure that you have thought, what would dad make of our current travails? What would his advice to us have been both before the fact and after the fact?
0: Good question. I thought about it many, many, many times. I don't think he would have understood, I mean, he would have understood it intellectually, the guy was a genius, but it would not have made sense to him fervor without any sense of fairness. Uh, I think his problem with the dynamic would be this is a crowdsourced consequence um, based off accusations of some kind of amorphous behavior without a standard. Those things didn't work in his head. You
1: know, it's one of the things I really liked about your dad, not unique to your dad. This country's politics, there have always been bumpkins in American politics, but there were a lot of people who were literate and educated men and women, with a world view. Your dad didn't wear it on his sleeve, but he was a well-read man. And there was a humanity about, you know, you can be a, you can be a humanist and be a conservative, a liberal, or anywhere in between. And I was, I was on a plane with your dad um, once, and we were sitting next to each other. And I forget what prompted this. And he said, yeah, it's sort of like a Boo Ben Atom. And he was stunned that I knew the poem of Abu Ben-Adam because my father was not a religious man. And the priest at his Greek Orthodox funeral delivered the poem of Abu Ben-Adam, May His Tribe Increase. The point of which was that in the end, the, the angel of death blessed the man because God approved of the man who loved his fellow man. And in return, God would bless him. And that's what everybody hoped was true. At my dad's funeral because he never went to church except on easter and christmas <laughs> and in between he did some things that n- no religious figure would approve of uh, <laughs> so i happen say. i happen to know right I did just i mean he, your father was a much uh, more educated man than me but i happen to know and in that in that moment there there was a further connection baseball was the uh, original connection oh yeah um No, he, look, the
0: connection was the right one. He respected that you bring intelligence to what you do. Pop didn't care how smart somebody was. He cared about what they showed in terms of what they understood about how to be what we now call decent. He would have called it doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you know what you know, you don't have to tell me, Um, but you make sure you figure out what you don't know and treat people right. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Uh, Attack their ideas. Don't attack them as a person. Mm -hmm. If, you're, if you have a better idea, say it. Don't just say theirs is no good and try to get well, things done for
1: people. You know what the playbook is? And I'm not saying it doesn't happen on the left because it does. But it's the standard playbook uh, in the most consequential and influential places uh, on the right in MAGA Media. It isn't even so much as a disagreement of ideas. You immediately go to discrediting the person. First, you may misrepresent what he or she has actually said then you assign to them a constellation of beliefs that just make them an easier straw man type figure, and you, you assign to them an unworthy motivation for what they have done. I happened to be watching Fox News last week, or maybe this week before, after um, Liz Cheney gave her concession speech. She alluded to Nixon I'm not, I'm not I'm sorry, that was a Freudian slip. She alluded to Lincoln, okay? She alluded to Lincoln <laughs> um, losing elections before he eventually rose. Um, and they're all over, Liz Cheney, because how presumptuous, how arrogant. Think of all the things that Donald Trump has said that would get you laughed out of the corner bar. They're so ridiculous and, and so, so arrogant and conceited and absurd, but they never call him on any of that. And there were four people, they were all of the same mind. No one questioned anything that any of the others said. And here was the conclusion. Everyone wants Liz Cheney to go away because the Wyoming Republicans have, have chosen and they've sent her away. And she had, her motivation for this was that when Trump came down the escalator, that was the end of the Bush-Cheney Republican Party. Well, it took a whole long time for that to happen because she voted with Trump more than 90% <laughs> no. of the time. And does it does it not matter, the events of January 6th, and what we're continuing to learn, what led up to it, and what he has continued to insist upon subsequently? Didn't there used to be some sort of universal understanding about honesty and fealty to basic American principles? But no, we have to assign to Liz Cheney because she's among the very few Republicans who has stood up to Trump we must discredit her as a person we can't really discredit the idea that trump is a liar who tried to to engineer a coup the big difference between trump and the way he's now viewed by his maga constituency and richard nixon is this first of all nixon won the second the first one with humphrey was close the second one was a genuine landslide over mcgovern so he had a mandate and he squandered it with watergate when he had to resign a lot of people who were Republicans said, what a shame. He was a good president. He was, well, that was their point of view. He was certainly capable of being president, was qualified to be president. Nobody tried to justify what he did. Right. And Republicans said he had to go. In the end, they took longer to come around, which is natural. Yeah. That's, that's their side. But in the end, they did not try to justify it. Here, with a mountain of evidence that makes Watergate seem trivial, you st- have people not only trying to justify it, they still remain in thrall to this man. Yeah. And what I don't understand is, why can't they just divorce themselves from that, because there's ample reason to do so, without divorcing themselves from legitimate conservative principles? And if some of what happens on the left, concerns or outrages them, as it does me, why not find an honest, capable, decent person to lead that movement? Instead of throwing in with this guy, who, by the way, would throw every one of you under the bus if it meant an extra nickel to him, just ask Mike Pence. This is really cultish behavior, where you worship somebody who has no use for you, except in the sense that a con man has use for his marks. You think he runs again? Yeah, I do. You think, Unless, unless the legal troubles build up to, a, to the point where it's not viable. I mean, if that
0: hasn't happened yet, you know, people... Uh, chirp at me about this, I don't see what they're going to indict him for because it's so hard to prove in a courtroom, because you only know what you can show, that he said, I want to take these documents.
1: You're you're the the lawyer. What What I've read recently is that the obstruction case is an easier one to prove.
0: Yeah, it's just such low fruit to go after a former president. For obstruction, You know, it's almost like going after a mob guy for tax evasion um, that it's going to cause so much, uh, you know, disruption yeah. that you got to think about it. And I'm not saying that, the, you know, n- no one's above the law or whatever, but um, I, I just I don't see it going that way. What is more interesting to me is does Governor DeSantis in Florida mm-hmm. have the knockus to take Trump on in the primary? Everyone that I know in a position of power around Trump and of influence in the party says no, and they say it like, that's not a question. If Trump runs, DeSantis is out. Oh, okay, so but as a running mate, maybe. No, uh, not a running mate.
1: He waits. Yeah. And I find that so extraordinary. He's young, He's young enough to wait. And he, to be associated with Trump, you know, this, uh, that idea of ev- everyone around Trump eventually pays the price for being around Trump, at least with reasonable people uh, who aren't. It's worked well for DeSantis. Think about, yeah, but- he only
0: has lost to Andrew Gillum. hmm You know, you talk about, like, you know, the different way the vagaries of fate take you. Um, work, look, he has to be playing a little bit of a convenience here. This guy's Harvard and Princeton. He's a JAG guy. Uh, He's a a seasoned guy, a traveled guy, like I just said, an educated guy. A lot of the things he's doing have to be articles of convenience. Well, he's calculating, you know,
1: where the balance is. which is a
0: big part of politics. I just can't believe he would let Trump just push him out of the way like that. It just seems to me like I can't believe how confident people are. Well, because he's young. They don't even say that that he's got time. They just say, no, no, no. Well, governor of Florida.
1: They may know something that that you don't, and certainly that that I don't. Oh, they know a lot that I I don't. I could certainly see, especially if it is in a large field, and if it's essentially DeSantis and Trump, I could certainly see him looking into the camera and saying, ladies and gentlemen, I agreed with much of what President Trump put forward policy-wise, but there's so much baggage here We can't risk losing this election. And we don't need the soap opera that ensued, not just during these four years, but subsequently. It is time to move on. Here's the gold watch. It's time to move on. All the policies that you care about, they're what I care about. Without the drama, without the dishonesty, without the threats to the Constitution and democracy itself, I'm your guy. DeSantis, I I love it. Uh, Compelling,
0: plausible. DeSantis has a little bit of trouble on the last part of the statement because he hides, right? He doesn't even go on Fox that often. You know, he hides. He's never done a Sunday show. Uh, Very unusual for a guy who's been through what he's been through at the position that he's in. He hides. Um, He's the kind of guy I'd like to give an hour to and sit down and go through things and then see where he is on truth, where he is on consistency, how he explains things. Um, and how often he has to rely and resort uh, to tricks of attacking the question. But I like the pitch, except then what happens? Now Trump starts to swing for you, right? Because he's yeah. only got one yeah. um, club in the bag, which is, in fact, a club. Yeah, and right. he starts to say, you, we, which he would, first of all, he'd say he's small, right? So you little, he's not. You little punk, you mini me.
1: You know, you think you're here without me? That's, that's A, that's played out, except to the hardcore of MAGA world. It's played out. And, you know, you think about this, and somebody should say this. Donald Trump, worst thing you could possibly call as a loser, lost by a combined 10 million votes to two of the most compromised candidates ever. Hillary Clinton, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, clearly qualified yes. by experience and by intellect, but a whole lot of baggage, and she ran a poor campaign. Biden is only president because he's not Donald Trump. Right. And he certainly is not an inspiring choice and should not be the candidate in 2024. And he lost to him as an incumbent by 7 million votes. So what happens when he's face to face with someone he cannot bully? You know, Hillary Hillary was constrained somewhat by the Clinton story and Biden was constrained by the fact that whatever fastball he once had, he's lost a whole lot of miles per hour off of it. You need somebody who either directly or by presence and implication is saying, hey, you want to meet me behind the schoolyard, behind the schoolhouse? I'll kick the shit out of you. You know, you need somebody, and the Democrats should be thinking about this too, all right? It's nice to check every demographic box, that has concerned people like you and me out of a sense of fairness and justice our entire lives. But there's nothing wrong if the best candidate for that purpose right now, either against Trump or DeSantis, happens to be a 50-year-old white guy from Ohio, all right, maybe who served, sort of a Democratic Adam Kinzinger. That's your answer. Someone who can stand on that stage and not be bullied, either directly or by implication. Like, look at Donald Trump and say... You pathetic, sad, cowardly, empty man. Hillary couldn't do that. Biden's not capable of stringing those sentences together. And if the best person to do it doesn't check every woke box, too damn bad. We'll get to that later.
0: You also have to get past the if it's a guy. You almost need it to be a woman because if you're a guy and you say that, you'd be toxically masculine on the left. And the you know they're not really they're not really celebrating that right now.
1: It's not toxically mas- masculine I, just I, to be I, forceful. I'm totally with you. <laughs> Remember who you're talking to. <laughs> um, you know <laughs> what, but, what came over me.
0: But, but the uh, you know I, that I don't know that the left would embrace that uh, right now. But I don't disagree with you except for one aspect of the dynamic, which is it's not just telling Trump, you know you got to be kidding me. I remember Rubio had a a funny line about it. I don't know who gave it to him. Um, But it was like, you know, if this guy wasn't standing on this stage right now, he'd be selling watches on 34th Street. It it was a funny line. Um, But he didn't have the balls to stand up to him over time. But it's not just him. The problem is, he's got this army of angry people. Mm -hmm. And people who aren't angry, they are disaffected to the point that they want someone to go in and kick ass for them. Yeah. Everyone said, oh, he was the antidote, he was the cure. No, he was a virus to inject into the political corpus and make it sick in the hope that the resulting fever would make it better.
1: What we like best about you is who you are seeming to do battle with. Yes. You, you tweak our enemies or yes. our perceived enemies, so they
0: come for you when you go for him they come for you that no, that's doesn't a, that's happen part of it the only other guy i've ever seen that with recently was the yang gang you know where when you yeah.
1: said something from y- about yang you were going to get fifteen thousand people chasing you, you know, on twitter um someone asked me it was on cnn it was on with brianna keeler and john brennan and they were asking me about live golf and trump and i made the point look can you imagine any president democrat or republican virtually in the shadow Of the twin towers this saudi-backed enterprise 700 of the people who died from new jersey some of them from the bedminster area and he's going to host this tournament backed by saudi blood money over the objections of the 9 11 families he's then going to say you know we never got to the bottom of who was behind really we didn't seems like the cia did You know, we never got to the bottom of that because you will say anything in the moment that, that justifies it. And the whole kind of stick to sports crowd, live golf is not just a Saudi thing now. It's in part a MAGA thing because they had the event at Bedminster and their last event is going to be at Doral. Can you imagine any former American president thumbing their nose, especially someone who cloaks himself and some kind of warped idea of patriotism thumbing their nose at the 9-11 families that way. Okay, so they wrote about it in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, because I still have a St. Louis connection, and it didn't get a whole lot of response. 300 comments is not a lot, and normally I wouldn't read them, but this is my hometown, and gratifying that probably 80 percent of them were, you know, Bob speaking common sense, but the 20 percent that weren't, what a shame. I used to like him, but now he's so filled with hate for Trump. He's got Trump derangement syndrome. There is Trump derangement syndrome. You've got it. You've got it. Oh, that guy was a never Trumper. Congratulations to the never Trumper. A 12 year old whose eyes were open when he descended the escalator would have seen this person is intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, and ethically unfit to hold any position of public trust, let alone the presidency. That's an insight. It's not a bias. That's an insight, period. And in truth, it should be most concerning to Republicans and true conservatives. This guy cannot carry our banner or snatch the banner away from us and warp and distort our party and our principles the way he has. Just as, and Bill Maher is the only example I can think of right now, Bill Maher catches all kinds of heat from the left now. Oh, he's turned conservative. No, he's in the same spot as he always was. But What's happening in some precincts on the supposed left should be of concern to lifelong left of center people. And I, if I'm a The liberal, fact that you
0: lost to Trump should say everything that the Democrats need to know. That's, yeah. That's, you know, if in terms of, you know, you're supposed to do that, by the way. When an election is over, you're supposed to look at it and figure out, you know, that's what happens. Yeah, there's in, a post In actual campaigns. Um, to lose to him with- all of the advantages that Hillary Clinton had mm-hmm. um, should have really made them think in a way, other than just demonizing the people that voted for Trump, you know, and I had to deal with that, where no, 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 they, don't ever explain them, don't ever, we don't have to cater to them, they're terrible people, they're all bigots, and this is what they get. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't see that as- uh,
1: There are some deplorables, but basket of deplorables was a huge of mistake. Of course, but
0: by the way, that's the way she said it also. Um, she said it. They didn't give her the benefit of, of context.
1: Not. That's politics. Of course not.
0: Um, when you say that, I want to talk to you a little bit about Live Golf, because I don't get why you're so upset about it. But the the interesting pushback would be, oh, what about when Biden went and shook Mohammed yeah. bin Salman's hand? Yeah. And that guy killed Khashoggi. Right. Uh, and he's as dirty as any Saudi. So- well he he's
1: the guy. So Biden's he, no, so Biden's He's, no he's the guy. Re, re, Biden's responsible for public executions. Well, here's With Trump it's just golf. To me, this here's, guy shook his to hand. me. Here's the distinction. He fist bumped him, which could have been a covid thing or yeah. could have been that he was trying to get away from the handshake, but we're in a position where I guess he felt he didn't get much out of it, but I guess he felt he needed uh, he needed the oil. He needed to maintain that relationship. And I'm not an expert on this, but uh, the Saudis are also a bulwark against Iran and said, And there's a lot of real politics stuff. Why, why were we in bed with the Shah you know, before all that stuff blew up? Um, so that, that kind of stuff happens, right? Uh, there's all kinds of photos and, and newsreels of Roosevelt shaking hands with Stalin or whatever it was, and they were allies for a while to defeat the Nazis. So there's a di- the difference here is this. And apparently, there are a number of companies that do business. They're sponsors with the PGA, but they're also in business with, with the Saudis. We don't know who any of those people are. Every live golfer, whether they acknowledge it or not, is an ambassador for the Saudi royal family. They're not in this because they love golf. Then I'm talking about the Saudis, not the players. And they're not in it to make money because they have to put out so much money to get these guys to leave the pga they can't make any money off this the crowds are not large i mean it may build over time but it's not for profit it's it's a sports washing thing the same way the olympics in sochi or the olympics twice within a decade or so in beijing or the uh the world cup in qatar those are sports washing things so the difference is that you're not compelled either by politics or by some larger business interest you're part of a corporation you have no duty you have no duty to do it um you're doing it by choice and everybody who's doing it can make a very handsome living or has already made a very handsome living on on the tour because a lot of them are past prime who are the big oh, right now, D- dustin johnson got 150 million and he's still in the prime of his career right but he's you know he would have been a multi-millionaire probably into nine figures uh pretty easily um so that to, me is, that to me is the difference. This is a different kind of choice. It bothers you. Yeah. Yeah, the people who say, well, oh, if they offered you, you know, Tom Brady-type money to comment, to be a comment, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I've never been that associated with golf, but no, I wouldn't. Now, do I have any problem with a guy who's a cameraman, a guy who I might have worked with in the 90s on the NBA Finals, He's trying to feed his family or get to a point where he can retire or put his kids through college. I have no problem with that at all. But someone like me, who's been rewarded, would I go just because they offered even more? No, I wouldn't. Well, you're assuming the cameraman
0: can't get a job anywhere else. I I take your point, and you are correct. But I think that when it's about doing the right thing,
1: unless you can't get a job anywhere else... Mm -hmm. And you got to work there. Well, think about the people who work at Fox News. You know there's a lot of people who work at Fox News that don't share the philosophy. Stage manager, whatever it might be. You know, they they need the benefits. They need the pension. They're trying to break into the business if they're younger.
0: I think that the decision... Look, I made the decision, okay? Again, Fox, when I went there, was not what it is now. It wasn't even close. It really wasn't even anything. It was just started. Um, Ninety. Eight, six, six, I think it was. Seven, yeah. So when I was there. I think like started, I said before, they had a chance to do something really good. Yeah, they started, I think, in 94. But they, anyway, why did I go there? I could not get a job in the media anywhere else. New York One would not hire me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, you're Cuomo, you got to do Democrat stuff, you can be analyzed. I said, no, I'm not, That that's not my thing, that's not what I do. Yeah, but it's the name, and, yeah, you know, otherwise... New,
1: Cuomo and New York won. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, I'm Incom- saying... I couldn't even get a job there. I was, I, I'm yeah. saying after all the big networks and everything else, nobody was going to touch me, um, because they were wanted me to live to the name. Right. Um, And he said, all right, you say you're not like that. Uh, we had a couple of lunches, and... He said, all right, I'll give you a shot um, and we'll see what you do. And I took the shot. And then I was there a little while and then I got an offer to go to ABC News. I went and I was yeah. there 13 years. He told me when I left, you shouldn't leave. I'll make you a big star here. They're always going to have problems with you. I gave you a shot and do it. And, you know, I'm a loyalty guy. So that was like a little bit of a thing. But I'm saying I made the decision and I didn't need the job because I could have stayed in the law, but... I wasn't going to get another job in the media, and as soon as I could, I got out of there. Here's what
1: would have happened, forgive me for interrupting, if you had stayed. To become a big star, and Ailes could make anybody who had star possibilities into a star if he chose to. The only way is to be one of their primetime guys. And then you would be, even if you were relatively centrist, you would be striking an entirely different chord. You know, I'll give O'Reilly this. O'Reilly's show had a different texture to it. Was he coming from the right? Of course he was. But it had a different texture to it than Laura Ingram or Sean Hannity or what you see now. Um, there was just something, to me, that that was more that was more legit. Uh, but you would have had to, you would have had to have been kind of a wild card in the deck. And eventually they would have figured out look, this is you're, you're serving pizza, and this is a burger joint. As good as it may be, there's get out of here. Oh, I would have never made it.
0: Um, but no, I mean that it was clear to me then. Uh, and I didn't even know really what direction I wanted to go with my career. But my point is, I think the responsibility is on everybody. Um, yes, there are certain things where it's just necessity and you take mm-hmm. care of your family and Saudi money, all corporate money's dirty one way or another, yeah. and the PGA is not a, a bunch of uh nuns either. Um, okay. But I think if you, if you, if you want to live um, by what you think is right, you should. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from Cozy Earth. Let me tell you, bedding matters. And this isn't just me telling you this. In a recent survey, 7 out of 10 parents said that they get an average of 3 hours of sleep a night in the baby's first year. Hello, Greg. Now... Mommies need quality sleep, and bedding will matter. There are other variables, but here's one that you can control, okay? When we made the switch to Cozy Earth, I noticed the difference. I did not know that fabric or textiles could really be temperature sensitive, meaning if it's cold, they keep you warm. If it's warm, they can kind of cool you off. I did not know that. I know it now, because I have Cozy Earth, okay? so. This Mother's Day, why don't you treat the mamas in your life to the luxury they deserve with Cozy Earth Bedding and Sleepwear and prioritize her self-care and sleep health. Doesn't she deserve it? Mm-hmm. Don't forget, use my promo code Chris at checkout and you get 35% off at CozyEarth.com, okay? When you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down. And that will make me very happy. Support for the Chris Cuomo Project comes from prize picks. Prize picks, man. If you like DFS, this is the way to go. America's number one fantasy sports app. Three million members. Why? Easy, exciting, plenty of action. Makes watching the sports, makes watching the players more fun. You just pick more or less on two or more player stats. And if you're any good, winnings roll in. And now you can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 100 into 10,000. You can turn 10 bucks into 1,000. Basketball, hockey, college, you know, all the different entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. You ready to get started with prize picks? Download the app today. Use code CCP. You'll get a first deposit match up to hundred bucks. Again, download the app today. Use the code CCP. You get a first deposit match up to hundred bucks. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Um, The live golf thing. I, I thought it was really interesting to see how wound up you got about it when I was reading and Why? You've been around a lot of shit like this. Well, here's the the thing. It was a little
1: shady, you know. Like you talk about the Olympics and stuff like that. Yeah. But this. Well, here's here's the thing. If someone goes to China to compete in the Olympics because they're a gymnast or a pole vaulter or whatever, that isn't a stamp of approval. That's where the Olympics are taking place. You have to. Soccer player, FIFA decides for whatever corrupt reasons they're going to Qatar. You're going to go compete in the World Cup. But this. You're signing on. You're directly being paid by the Saudi royal family. If this was simply a challenge to the B- PGA, uh, with which many veteran players have issues, and they've already had to respond to some extent and up the prize money and make, make some changes, if it was just an ABA challenges the NBA, AFL challenges the NFL, no problem. Or if some other country or entity was throwing a huge amount of money, if... if um, Bill Gates decided, I just love golf, and I got money to spare. So, boys, I'll give every one of you, even at least of you got $100 million. And the best of y'all, if you give me a billion, I'm going to start my own tour. I'd say, boy, this is some crazy shit. But I'd have no moral issue with it. It's who's underwriting it that I have an issue with. No, I totally get it.
0: I just like how vocal you've been about it. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that you have to, that that's what you do. But I just, because I, I think it matters what it is that bothers you or doesn't bother you. And I think that, you know, I I appreciate that about you. And that's why I've always appreciated having you on the show, talking to you on the phone, having you here. Uh, It's nice to have people who still matter. And yeah, you're going to get stink on you because of what you you say about politics. But you remind us that people can be intelligent, have a perspective and be respected.
1: You know what I think in closing, whether it's MSNBC or whether it's CNN, whether it's Fox, you need people who will question what the general tone is, not necessarily be aggressively in opposition to it. I'll just give you, as an example, when I've mentioned before the four people talking about Liz Cheney, wouldn't it have been useful if one person said, wait a minute, isn't it just possible that whether you agree with her on other issues or not, that this is a question of honesty and integrity, but nobody did that. During the the summer of George Floyd, someone on CNN says, I'll remind you that Martin Luther King said, riots and violence are the voices of the unheard. And I'm sitting there saying, somebody say this. He was explaining that, not justifying it. He was the symbol of nonviolence plus when he said that in 1965 it was watts or whatever truly african americans were unheard you could scan the dial forever and not see a black face the perspectives weren't there not not only are african americans represented in the media the media itself has so many more platforms than it once did and a large part of the media is in basic sympathy with their cause, as I believe they should be. So the idea that this is the same thing as some sort of spontaneous outburst in Watts or in the aftermath of Martin Luther King's assassination is bullshit, and somebody should have said that. But I think a lot of times we, and I call myself a liberal, I don't even know what the hell I am. I I, I think I was a liberal because if you're in college in the 70s, you believed in civil rights, you believed in women's rights, you believed in gay rights, you believed in a more humane and open-minded society, and you thought that war in Vietnam was a bad idea. If that makes me forever a liberal, I guess so, but I don't even know what the definition is anymore. But I think a lot of times, those of us who want to make sure that we're not misunderstood, we either nod an assent or we bite our tongues when something is just logically or factually dubious this is a baseball thing, but I think it illustrates a larger thing. So go with me on this. When people talk about steroids in baseball, and it's come up again now because Aaron Judge might hit 62 home runs. And a lot of people think 61 in a season and 755 in a career, Roger Maris and Hank Aaron are the legitimate, authentic, non-PED records. Um, And so it comes up again. I'm, I'm not one who wants to see, you know, Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa vilified but I've said from the beginning these records are inauthentic. that doesn't mean they should be thrown out of baseball or that Barry Bonds wasn't on his natural merits one of the greatest players of all time but he never could have done what he did in the latter stages of his career without steroids just look at his numbers before which were great and after which were supernatural and then somebody says well you know Babe Ruth never played against black players. And we're supposed to, like, nod in solemn assent. Wait a minute. The record belonged to Hank Aaron, a legitimate civil rights hero, and the three guys most prominently associated with steroids. One's black, Bonds. One's white, McGuire. One's Hispanic, Sosa. And on the other end, the two that are certified Hall of Fame worthy, Clemens is a white guy with seven Cy Youngs. Bonds is a black guy With seven MVPs. Does everything have to be about race? And then when people say, well, Babe Ruth never faced black competition, that's true. Now, I've never talked about this on the air. You have to begin with this stipulation segregation in baseball, especially because sports is supposed to be a meritocracy, and baseball then and for a long time after was the true national pastime, is worse. And if every player in baseball was on steroids, plus all their wives and all the bat boys, it's by far, it's worse. It's a terrible injustice. And it kept a lot of the greatest ball players ever out of the public eye, away from recognition. And when Jackie Robinson was then followed by others, the game was enriched, not just because justice was served, but because some of the greatest and most appealing players of all time were brought into the game. But no one ever says this. If you're trying to invalidate what Ruth did, then Josh Gibson didn't face Christy Mathewson. He didn't face Lefty Grove. Do we then think, well, I can't be sure if Josh Gibson or Cool Papa Bell would be any good? Of course I'm sure. And if you're just talking about it from a baseball standpoint, if justice was served from the start of the modern major leagues in 1903 and they stayed with 16 teams and it was fully integrated, Here's what would have happened. Average black and white players would become bench players. Bench players would go to the minor leagues or the Bushes. Would Ty Cobb have been better than Oscar Charleston? I don't know, but he still would have been great. And Oscar Charleston still would have been great. Would Josh Gibson in some seasons fit more home runs than Babe Ruth? Yeah. But would Babe Ruth have stopped hitting home runs? Makes no sense. Because after Willie Mays and Hank Aaron showed up, did Mickey Mantle stop hitting home runs? Did Harmon Killebrew stop hitting home runs? Did Bob Gibson and Juan Marichal stop Sandy Koufax and Tom Seaver from being great? This is just a matter of logic. It's not a matter of, oh, no, 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 I, I, I don't think it's all that important that baseball was segregated. Of course I do. But I don't think you get to make any sort of ridiculous, logic-challenged assertion without pushback. There's my pushback. Well, but also, pushback is
0: doesn't mean that you have to be a bad person. Right, you can have a bad take. You can be off on the facts. You can be weighing facts in a way that uh, is not as compelling as you believe it to be. But it doesn't make you bad. What really has the chilling effect is when you question. It is a judgment of you as a person, mm-hmm. and I think it's very dangerous. And when and we
1: I, we assign isms to it, yes, everything's racism. Everything's transphobia. Everything's homophobia. Everything's whatever. Right. And those things are serious when they're true. Yes. But they're not always true.
0: They're not always true, and you dilute the power of their truth... You bet. ...when they are oversubscribed. And, look, there'll be people say, listen to these two white guys talking about this kind of stuff. And they'll forget about ethnic reach of your own family and my family and what that experience informs you to or how open you've been
1: uh, or, or to what suffrage the facts, movements. What the facts That's of right. your individual life are... Uh, they, they, some people don't grasp the sort of irony of this the essence of racism or sexism or anything that that identifies people as primarily and only by some sort of demographic box is that it denies the individual right but you're allowed to say oh that's an older white guy you mean there's no difference so is donald trump an older white guy there's no difference between you me and donald trump (laughs) <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> I mean, that's just the most extreme example. Right.
0: right. But I really believe that, you know, I don't know. I just, all I know is about the effort, but I don't know what gets us to a better place. The only thing that makes sense is a huge exigent circumstance, A God, you know, a God forbid, which I, I I hope it doesn't take. I don't even know if that would work. But I just know that the effort is worthwhile. And that's what I've really been applauding about your turn towards more um, commentary of what's going on around us is—I I really respect the effort. I'll end on this. Um, I've had a rare distinction of being one of the only people um, that has not liked you in a moment, <laughs> and I will—I'll—I'll I'll tell this a quick story of when it was. You saved the best thing for last. So no, no, because I'm a huge fan, you know. <laughs> but the so you interview Sandusky. Yeah, and. You, uh, he's saying this crazy shit in there. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do uh, a fine job of letting him talk, which was the gift there. And that's not easy coming from where you come, because you sports guys are always talking over each other. But <laughs> you let him talk. And he says enough redonkulous shit himself. about, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just by speaking. Um, you know, you didn't have to be Mike Wallace it was very relevant very important dateline winds up taking it doing it you know becomes news Mm transcendent sports obviously Mm -hmm. i spend months and months of my life with diane sawyer on her team and this team of producers right on the jc dugard case yeah we put together a two-hour special That shows deep, deep threads of inadequacy that wind up changing the California child care system.
1: It's more consequential.
0: Hold on. I go to the Emmy Awards. Mm -hmm. Same year? Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. There is no Bob Costas at the Emmy Awards because it's the news Emmys. I look around, I'm not expecting to see Bob Costas. (laughs) I know the Sandusky interview is nominated in the same category which was about 15 minutes of work for Bob Costas. That's right. Bob Costas wins the Emmy. True. Chris Cuomo hates Bob Costas in that moment. In that moment. I want you to know that. No I didn't. I respected (laughs) what you did but I it was so hard for me to because I've always had such a a great you know really the right word is just respect for why you do what you do and I love that that moment was something where you were really able to add so much value and so many people well, had so much pain.
1: But you you beat and, me. Well, you know, so much of the world we live in, even though we draw these comparisons, and even within something like the Emmys, is apples and oranges. Yours was a deeply reported piece. Very deep. Deeply reported piece, where an interview was an aspect of it, or several interviews were an aspect of it. I did one interview in the moment, um, and because you had a villain, a specific villain, mm. at least in the public perception, that's Sandusky. He's a villain. You know, it, it, was, it resonated in a way, it was less complicated than, than the, what you laid out there, which actually had perhaps a greater effect because it changed public policy to some extent. All I know is that somewhere... <laughs> I've you, got an Emmy that should belong have, to you. You have a hat rack
0: sitting in your house somewhere with your other 90 of them that you've won but you know what that's the only one for news though it was it was deserved as is everything else that you've done and what is to come nobody has the reach uh nobody has uh well, the respect and nobody cares more than you do about what you do
1: and what you say and i appreciate thank you, for you. It. thank you chris thank you very much and now we'll wait to see how much of what we've said is taken out of context and turned into clickbait in dark precincts. Look, you can only worry about what you control.
0: Again, a special thanks to Bob Costas. Thank you, my brother, for helping us understand what matters, for seeing it a little bit more clearly and through a different set of very intelligent eyes. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you for taking the time to listen, spreading the word. I see your comments. I hear your comments. I'll respond to your comments. You know how to get me. And I promise, I am out to get you. So subscribe, follow, don't forget the free agent gear. We're getting our money together and we'll start giving back. And that will feel good, I guarantee it. I'll see you next time.